it just starts. Team. It's the best. I mean, I will. Okay, don't 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 get me wrong. I will jam to the metronome if I feel like it. Like if I'm just kind of just <laughs> having a good time and the metronome sometimes yeah, on Garage Band just gets me going, man. I, I'll just start hitting that little kind of side to side and oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Well, you've heard the sound of our voices, uh, ladies and gentlemen, so as you may assume, we have started the podcast. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, for this week. (laughs) Yes. For those that are watching, listening, I should say, to their very first episode, my name's John Phillips. And I'm the other guy, Trevor Chick. That's right, and we are Mm -hmm. the Manic Movie Misfits podcast. Talk about movies, television, all that good stuff. TJ, yeah. what are we talking about today? What's our what's our two main? Well, we really have one main topic, but we're also going to talk about another movie. But what's so? Yes, give us our main movie. What are we talking about? Uh, the Cincinnati Kid. That's right. From nineteen sixty-five, I think. Yeah, sixty-five. Yeah. Yeah, that's on. That sounded about right. With Steve McQueen. And then we also have Cry Macho on the menu. So, yes, for those that don't know, I am a Clint Eastwood and Steve McQueen fan, hardcore fan, so... A little bit of each this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited. So, yeah, I think uh, with that said, do we want to talk about what we've been watching recently, TJ? Maybe just quickly, because we seem to... We have issues. We, we like dwell to, on this a lot. Mostly me, so a little bit of you... We like to talk a lot about these, and I'm thinking what we might do in the future, possibly, is have a whole episode, you know, maybe once every two weeks, or once every three weeks, like once a month, where we're just talking about just a chill episode. All our episodes are chill. What what am I saying? But a chill episode where we talk about the things we've been watching, you know? Yeah. That'd be, I like that. Like yeah. news and stuff like that. Right, because I, oh. I think we both uh, come to understand that we, we take a while on what we've been watching. Stuff. So, But we'll do it for this episode, well, at least uh, one last time. So, Yeah. yeah. Uh, you want to go first? Sure. I just watched several episodes of Breaking Bad. I'm about halfway through season four, so second to last season. Actually, no, I'm almost done with season four. What am I even saying? All right. I just got done. I watched several of the most iconic scenes of the show. I think season four is debatably the most iconic season. I think, to my understanding, it's it's yeah. definitely one of them. Yeah, four and five are like the when it like truly becomes like the iconic status. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I haven't seen it, so right. For at least for what I've heard. Mm-hmm. I got. We. I just got the. Okay, I want to. When I was coming across a lot of the iconic scenes from this fourth one, I kind of got depressed because, like, social media, I love social media and social media movie accounts. When I don't love them is when they literally post clips, so many clips of a certain movie, show, etc. Yeah. For those in the that love movies and television, you know that Breaking Bad is one of the most icon, iconic slash best TV shows of all time. And because of that, it gets a lot of clips from that show get posted, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. And so there were some really, really good acting by Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston that I didn't connect with as much. And 
and kind of soak in as much as I a first viewing experience would have been if because of the fact that I had seen those clips on on Instagram. Oh yeah, I've totally been ignoring them. I every time I see Breaking Bad, I quickly swipe. I'm like, I, I don't want to do it to myself. Yeah, I, I should have done that. Oh well, yeah. they're still great, still great, but that kind of sucks. They're still great. Oh though. yeah, yeah, br- yeah. Breaking Bad is like one of those shows. Interstellar is kind of like that with movies, and like Seven and stuff like that. Joker was like that for a while. Oh, Joker, yes. Yeah. Specifically, the, specifically the one behind the scenes thing where like the person's filming outside the window when he's on the stairs, like that got reposted. I don't know how many times. Yeah, I saw that like every day for a long time. And I was just like, okay, I get it. <sighs> okay, obviously we have a movie account. Well, obviously we we don't even have a hundred followers, but I'm just <laughs> curious. Like these popular movie accounts, I don't understand. I understand but don't understand why they follow up with the same trends that, like, other big movie accounts are are showing. Like, for example, remember when they – it was a big thing when – I don't know who started it, but the whole idea of finding dancing scenes in movies and then pairing them with different pieces of music. Do you remember that? Yes, I do remember this. I I understand it because it's like, well, you want to go with the trend, and that's a big trendy thing. But I don't understand it because I feel like as a consumer, I'm just constantly being annoyed. I'm like, I want something different. I want something fresh. Thoughts? I mean, yeah. I mean, when when the idea is fresh, it's cool. Like, I mean, but once it gets to the point where every page is reposting it, like every page, then it gets annoying. Because it's not only like... It, there's no new spin on it. If it was to different music, that'd be cool. But if it's the same six songs, I'm like, okay, do do something a little more with it. Because I, I get that, uh, like Bee Gees is nice to put on the backing of this, but some other Bee Gees song maybe. It's yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. It's a joy. Yeah. All right, moving along. So I did watch Breaking Bad. What else did I watch? I watched the pilot episode for Miami Vice. I have a love-hate relationship with Miami Vice. I love it, but I hate it. I love it because it is, for a show, it is my favorite shot show of all time. Cinematography, it's my favorite shot show. Michael Mann is the producer for the first two seasons, I believe it is, and then he leaves. And I can understand why. Because for those that don't know, I watched about uh, two and a half seasons and then I kind of just got caught up, in a, caught up in other things, and it really wasn't, the quality w- really wasn't there all the time, especially after Man left. But I listened to a podcast c- called The Rewatchables. It's another famous movie podcast by, uh, produced by The Ringer. And they were talking about the pilot and the part one, part two, uh, that was really good in the first season. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. I like I forgot how much I love Miami Vice, so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna start from the beginning and do it again. So that's what I'm doing. But yeah, it's love hate. So yeah, yeah, Miami Vice. Watch that, TJ. You've seen a couple episodes. I've shown you one or two episodes, and you you'd agree with me. Yeah. It's a very well shot TV show. Oh yeah. Yes. I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen those episodes in probably. I want to say two years. That sounds about right. But yeah, for what I remember, I really like that. 
Wait, how many seasons of the show are there? Five. So, there's five? Interesting. I thought it was like three. <laughs> no, but huh. there definitely is, and the guys were talking about it on the rewatchables, there is a clear drop between two and three. Like, I mean, you know Michael Mann. Michael Mann's one of my favorite directors. We've we've talked about Michael oh, Mann. Great. We love Michael Mann. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He come on now, collateral. We literally t- we had a, we had a collateral podcast. And I remember yeah. at the end, I got emotional. Michael Mann does a great job with his movies. He's so good. Yeah, he is. It's just, it's just not, it's just not that, that show is just not the same without him. So they, they yeah. obviously they kept the same, you know, cinematography, etc., because that's the distinct look of the show, and he was a huge influence on that. And you can see by Heat that that's kind of his filming style. Style. Yeah. So yeah, watch Miami Vice. Restarting that, Miami Vice, Breaking Bad, a lot of TV shows. I watched uh, the Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt. Oh yeah, has a bullet reference in it. Hey, <laughs> we're talking about Steve McQueen. There's a bullet reference in it, and TJ knows that whenever there's a reference to old movies that not a lot of people watch, and I watch, especially Steve McQueen, I go bonkers. So that was great. Oh yeah. I've yet to watch that one. I'm I'm oh. I'm decided I'm want to catch up on a lot of the Amazon Prime movies because I hadn't seen I haven't seen a lot of their originals. Yeah, uh, I've only seen a few. I, there's there's not many like big ones. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I, but I feel like there's always like one contender in the background that's, I, I like Amazon. Uh, like last year was Sound of Metal. What was the year before? I I can't like. Right. Know. This year it's like, well, was sound, and then the year before it was the one with Adam Driver, the reporter, the report. Oh yeah, yeah, that that's a good movie. What what is it or called? What is the title, TJ? Is it the reporter or the report? Do you know? Or uh, the report. Oh, the report. Yeah, okay. it's something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And then it's something and then, like a most amazing movie, but I like it. It was pretty good. Okay. It's worth checking out. Okay. And then there's the one with Michael B. Jordan uh, for the Tom Clancy novel. Oh yeah, I've heard that mixed, was big I've one. heard mixed things about that. I'm excited to check it out. It looks like there's some really good action. Like the action itself looks really good, but I've heard some inter- Well, you and I have discussed this before off a recording, and we're already kind of going long here, so we'll probably not talk about that. But there is mixed feelings with the plot there. Yeah, um, a lot of people are like, "Well, yeah." Let's kind of give the basis. Yeah, go ahead. Go that, ahead. Um, it it takes the name of the book, but it's not really cl- that close to the book. It feels like it's a new thing. So everyone was like, why say you're adapting without remorse when it's not without remorse? Mm-hmm. So everyone was kind of like, yeah. But right. yeah, some people are like, it's pretty good. Some people are like, it's not that good. So I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to check it out. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Besides those three, I think that's it for me. Diamonds are for, I watched Diamonds Are Forever. Oh yeah. I, I don't know if we included that. Wait, I don't think I think I took that out of the podcast before. But we're we're running long here. TJ, we got to, got to get to your stuff. Watch Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this more in depth in a, another podcast. Yeah. Go ahead, TJ. That's that's it. For oh me. yeah. Um, but for me, it's mostly been Sex Ed Season 3. That came out a few days ago. So I binged that. First impressions? Uh, 
or I liked impressions. It. it was a pretty good season. Um, yeah, I mean, can't go wrong. All the characters are still really funny and really well done. Writing's hilarious as ever. Um, and like equally wholesome. Okay. But that's a that yeah, I love it. Uh, I watched James Wan's new movie, Malignant. Uh, so it's on HBO right now. Uh, very interesting. Okay. Because this is horror, very, correct? Like, yes. Um, it's by the guy who did The Conjuring and Insidious. Um, it's so going into it, this movie had like very split reactions. Some people were like this movie is awesome, and some people were like this movie is absolute garbage. <laughs> so I was so interested. And I gotta say, this movie is so off the wall, it's bizarre. Because it starts out, it's like this really campy, B-level horror movie. It's not amazing. The acting isn't great. The writing's kind of, like, sloppy. But you're like, hey, this isn't, this is kind of fun. And then it gets to the end, and it's, it's plot twist and everything is just so out there. And, like, it, it, it has such, a, like, a tone shift that it's awesome. I love it. Because it goes from, like, this, like, psychological horror movie into, like, a slasher in, like, two minutes. And it's so cool. <laughs> Interesting. I Yeah. I was telling our friend Emerson about it, and it was... Yeah, I haven't spoiled anything, and I was like, we have to watch it. Because I want to see his amazing reaction. Um, other than that, uh, speaking of a friend Emerson, he got me onto this show called Away of the House Husband. It's an anime. It is so funny. Okay. Uh, there's only like five episodes out, so they're only like 15 minutes. We'll have to watch it because don't we'll get anything regarding it. Okay, I we will watch it together. It's so funny. I won't. Uh, but other than that, I mentioned that I, stuff in the other podcast, like finishing season one X Files and Scooby Doo. Been watching those. For those, for those we haven't we haven't told them on this podcast, TJ. Do you want to tell them what we're doing regarding the X-Files for the episodes? Oh, yeah. So um, I'm currently watching it, and John finished it a few months ago, so he's still fresh. Um, what we're doing is every two seasons or so, uh, we're going to do a podcast and talk about it then. So, yeah. Uh, I've just finished season one. I think I'm like six episodes into two. I, I've just finished the one with the vampires in L.A., that one sucks. That one's terrible. It's bad. It's not good. It's, it's dumb. That one was really bad. <laughs> it's one of the worst episodes of the show. I'll put it that way. It's... Yeah. It's de- definitely I mean, for it's the first the five worst. seasons. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah, it's definitely one of the worst I've seen so far. Yeah. It really shows... And again, we'll get into this with when we talk about the two seasons, but it really shows that you really do need Mulder and Scully together for one. Yeah, or... Or even just, like, just someone in general for Mulder to, like, bounce off of. Like, because, like, and I think the episodes before, it's that other guy. And he works for, like, what it's doing. But when it's Mulder on his own, it's so, it's, it's kind of painful. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's such an idiot. <laughs> in, right. In some of those moments. Fun fact, the, so the main vampire chick that he hooks up with, that was his girlfriend at the time, David Duchovny's. I mean, <laughs> so, such an icon. Yeah. But yeah. Interesting episode. But yeah. Very. Well, that, that, that conversation will be saved for the, 
though that episode for all for the first two seasons of the X Files. And I think yeah, if people that. like it and we like it, we might continue that with most shows. Just because there's so much to talk about it, it's it's incredibly hard to cover a whole TV show in an hour, an hour and a half. It's oh, yeah. it's impossible. So I'm thinking an every two season thing might be kind of nice, especially for shows that are that long per per, ep, per episode count per season. Yeah, like every maybe even if it's shorter, like one season. Maybe if we're doing dissecting some like Breaking Bad or something of that nature. Right. I don't know. And we could potentially do that with the X Files too. Maybe maybe we want to do that for. The first five seasons, maybe, just because there's that's the those are the best seasons. Those have some really just well written, executed, shot, acted episodes. Yeah, the most to unpack out of everything. Yeah. So we can think about that. Yeah. Anything else, TJ? Um, not really. I uh, pretty much covered everything else. I mean, other stuff I mentioned before that got cut was um, Scooby Doo. Chaos walking, parenthood, right. art of painting, stuff like that. Yeah. We'll get into that some other time. Right. All right, let's move on to Cry Macho. We'll talk about that okay. for 10-ish minutes. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. First impressions. I thought it was good. I thought I, um, I didn't think it was my, it definitely was my favorite Clint Eastwood movie. Um, but I did like it. There were some parts that the writing was like very wholesome towards the end. I think the more I watched it, the more I liked it. The beginning I thought was a little shaky. Some parts of it kind of stumbled. Some of the acting at the beginning wasn't amazing. But I think like once everyone kind of takes their time to figure it out, figure it out, it becomes a lot better. I agree. Uh, go go ahead. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah. Other than that, I think cinematography was really well done. Uh, the direction's great. Uh, the writing. It's hit or miss. Some parts of it are great. Some parts of it are very, eh. But yeah, we'll get into it. That's kind of just my first and foremost. I almost, I almost a hundred percent agree with what you literally just said. Yeah. I think if this film is going to go up for an Oscar, it's going to be cinematography. Yes. And I do think it has a good shot of being nominated. Actually. Yeah. It was very well shot. There are some shots in there, especially at the beginning, where I'm like, holy crap, this is this is nice. Specifically, yes. there's one where he's sitting in the lawn chair with the sunset. Yes, oh, that one was great. Wow, great. There's another one with a, with a sunset again where he's on a campfire when he's going to get the boy. Also yeah, great. Yeah. And when I saw those two at the beginning, I'm thinking... Is it possible that the rest of the film is just going to suck as far as cinematography-wise? And I'm just thinking, like, oh, just these sunsets make the cinematography great and the way that the the camera is with them. But no, it's consistently solid to oh, well, yeah. to good throughout the rest of the film. Yes. I found that interesting. I liked the one particular cool editing moment slash cinematography moment was when they were walking on the road after the car got stolen. And it fades, yes. and they're walking farther down the road. Yeah, that, that part was cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, real quick, do you want to give a plot synopsis? Oh, that's... Well, I mean, they... We should have put spoilers up, but whatever. Um, so, we haven't said too much. Well, we haven't. Okay, well, there's going to be spoilers, so from now on, just be careful. There'll be spoilers yeah. for Cry Macho. 
the rest of this episode is going to be spoiler warning because we're going to be going in right yes. into uh, the Cincinnati kid after this. So, yes. Basically, Clint Eastwood is a ex rodeo star. Rodeo star. Or, rode yeah, horses rodeo. in yeah. in the rodeo. And currently, when this film takes place, he's really old. Probably the age that he is in. They might have said it in the film. I forgot. But he's, he's basically around the age of what Clint actually is, which is 91 years old, 90 years old. Yeah, I think it's about that. They don't explicitly say. It's a really simple plot. He basically yeah. is, is told by the guy who paid him, the guy that brought him on his, his, to his rodeo, his, his ex-boss, to go and get his child who's in, who is in custody with his – who lives down in Mexico with his mom. And bring him back to, to the boss, to him. Mm-hmm. That's literally it. Yeah. Very simple. I, going back to what you are saying about the dialogue, it slowly gets better throughout the film. Yes. The beginning, I was so nervous, man. I've got to say. There was, some, <laughs> yeah. there was some lines in there where I'm like, oh, no. Don't do this yeah. to me, Clint Eastwood. Come on now. Like, I know you're 91, yeah. but come on. You're better than this. Or whoever wrote this film. Like, you're better than this. Yeah. And you have source material, too. You have the book. So, like, come on. You're better than this. Fortunately, I didn't have a heart attack. I had a mini heart attack there at the beginning. Oh, yeah. But it got better as time went on, which I was so, so thankful for. And as yeah, you hinted at, it, it does get really personal. And I love the ending, man. That ending is so sweet. It is yes. so wholesome and so sweet. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like the last like fourth of the movie is just like there's something about it that's like it feels like it's truly reaching its like wholesome energy, and it yeah, right. People, I I guarantee you, there's gonna be critics and people in general who are gonna be like, um, the ending. There wasn't a big uh, ending conflict fight between the mom or whatever and the mom's forces and Clint and the boy or whatever. I could honestly care less. I thought it was simple, basic. It wasn't really high stakes. It was semi-high stakes. But it was different, and I liked that. I liked that it was different. Most movies, you're that's what you're expecting with most movies. Most movies, you're expecting some crazy ending of someone trying to grab the boy and, you know bunch of action and crazy stuff like that i had no issues whatsoever yeah my only problem with the mom's section was that like she she feels like she's like some big force that's gonna be like coming after them throughout the movie kind of like the cops then she her like her henchman guy kind of disappears for like most of the movie and then he kind of randomly shows up again i kind of would like to see like just a little something more with him because he got, I feel kind of forgot he existed, <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh yeah, he's back." <laughs> I felt like he was he was a little underplayed in the middle, at least. They don't even like reference him for a while. I was kind of just like, "Oh, yeah." I see where you're coming from. I'm fine with it, just because it was replaced by a lot of more wholesome moments with yeah the with the woman with the woman that owns the. Uh, restaurant yeah and clint and like clint teaching the boy to ride the horse and stuff like that but i understand where you're coming from 
you do kind of forget yeah. about him a little. Yeah, I, I, but I think like the thing about where I, like, I'm kind of going at is like they keep mentioning like the, that they're trying to like evade the cops in that section, but they don't mention the one guy. So it's just like you you should mention him as well in that kind of sentence to a remember he's still there and kind of like build him up. Actually, that's kind of the only point. Like, yeah, it, it just felt like he was forgotten in the writing process, and then they're like, "Oh crap, we forgot about him." <laughs> they kind of, which I was fine with. Towards the end, I thought, like, I thought that scene was good, but I was just kind of like, I don't know. There's something about that I, it didn't feel quite whole in my opinion, but I didn't, I wasn't like raging over it. The the ending or with the guy, which with the guy, okay. Because I right because I think you said earlier you agree with me that you had no issues with the actual ending resolution conflict at all. Oh yeah, I think that I think I thought the end was great. It and I think you made a good comment, TJ, where it kind of suits the film, like what the film is. That ending is very, it feels very at home, in a sense with what yeah. with what that film is. Yeah, for what it's going for, it really, like takes it. it yeah, it it feels like it's the nice logical place to end. Mm-hmm. I, I was actually surprised. I'll be honest. I thought that the the boy was going to go back with Clint. Was going to go... I thought they were going to swap. I thought that Clint was going to go back to Texas. Oh, and yeah. And the boy was going to go stay in, in Mexico. Because it kind of seemed like that. The way Clint was... The way... Carrying himself. What's, what's, the, uh, what's his character's name? What's Clint's character's uh, name? It's something like Elliot. Uh, let's see. Hold on, hold on. Cry macho. Cry macho. Uh, oh, um, Miko? Me- that sounds about right. Is it Miko? Miko? I-, I do not remember. <laughs> I can't remember. It's something like that. It starts with an M, I think. I think it's Mike. Mike. Okay. Yeah, that's on the Oh, right. yeah. That's probably right. Yeah. So, where was I going to go with that? Oh, back to what you were saying with the mom. Oh. I, I did not like her at all. I There was her some activists. really, really mm. awkward stuff with that, like, I understand, like, where they were kind of going with her character and stuff, but... Yeah, in her few scenes, she would, I, she left something to be desired. I wanted to stab like, myself, like... <laughs> yeah, that and, like, the, the guy at the beginning where, uh, where he's trying to get Clint to go get his son. There are some moments in there where I was kind of like, you need to fix your acting a little bit. There was some moments with that dialogue, like I was saying at the beginning, where I was... I was seriously scared for that film for a while. Yes. For that beginning. Yeah, same here. I was very scared. <laughs> Sincerely. Yeah. Yeah, I was sitting there and I was like, oh, no. If we're getting this for a film, I can understand why they had it rate, where the critics rated how they rated it. I guess we should talk about that now. Oh, so, yeah. Ron Tomatoes, the critic score was a 52%. Yeah, I, th- I think it's still holding steady there. Yeah. I don't agree with that. I think, I think it should be a sixty. I think they should get. I think they I think should that's give what it a the 60. audience score is. 
Um, I mean, I, I think for like, so I've seen some very in the middle reviews for this movie because I've seen like some people are like, it's, it's, it's not a bad, like, I think the consensus I've seen the most is it's not Clint Eastwood's best. And there are some parts that we've like, there, there's some room for improvement, but it's not a bad movie. Like, like as you keep watching, it does get better. Uh, and I think that's kind of where it comes in. And I think a lot of those reviews, like just like a lot of sixes and some like those scores, just kind of leave it at a fifty. Because like, yeah. Uh, the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is a sixty-five right now. That makes me feel okay. a lot better that people actually see where like I think we're both coming from. Yeah, fifty-two just hey, seems too IMDb low for score? me. Oh, the IMDb score was a six. Yeah, it was a six six out of ten, which I, I agree okay. with. Yeah. yeah, I gave I, it. A, um, go, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's like the, out uh, of all the reactions I've seen, fan and critic, I think like six is like the golden number for averaging, at least. I I agree. I end up giving this film a three, out of five stars on on letterbox and you gave it a two and a half out of right so we're we're as you've been listening people we're tj and i are on the same page yeah for the most part well, we could we have the same opinion for the most part right um anything else before we move on to the cincinnati kid i uh-huh. want to talk about I assume somewhere I else down the line we can spend more time with this film. Like if we're doing a Clint Eastwood watch or something, we can definitely talk about this. One thing I want to mention before we move on is there's some people – I know my dad – my dad, for those that don't know, is also a Clint Eastwood fan. He had the impression that this was a Western, and I'm sure many people have that impression. And it is sort of a Western. It However, has Western vibes to it. It has Western vibes. However – because the whole the reason I want, why I'm bringing this up is because Clint said he wouldn't make a western again. He said after Unforgiven because he said it was his love letter to westerns, his love letter to Sergio Leone, and so he was kind of done with westerns, ending it with that one. And that's still and I still think that holds true. This I don't consider this a western. It's, it's not, not a like, cowboy yeah, western. I, it's yeah, it's not a cowboy western. It's more of yeah, it has western energy to it in moments, but it's yeah it. I'd say it has like it's like twenty ish percent westerny vibe. The rest of it's more drama esque. It's it's more like a neo western, if anything. Yes, it's yeah, more like it, a. It has, if you were to classify it like that, yeah, it's definitely a nice neo western kind of thing. Agreed. All right, ladies and gentlemen, TJ. Anything else? No, I think that's it. Cool. That is Crime Macho. Go see it. We both enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Except for the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Don't if you're if you're gonna watch it, don't judge it just by the beginning. Keep right. going. It gets better. Agreed. So yes, that is Crime Macho. Now we are going to move along. We're just gonna cruise and we're gonna bump into the Cincinnati the kid. Cincinnati kid. Our main yeah. topic of the day. Starring the King of Steve Cool, McQueen. Steve McQueen. Yeah. 
Doesn't get a nickname does not get better than that. Oh, definitely not. What stood out to you in this film, TJ? Give me one thing that stood out to you in this film. I just want to say like the last like half of this movie. It's like the, the last half is just so good. A hundred percent. Oh yeah. The begin this film feels like it's really just setting up for the end. That it, it doesn't really is, yeah. All of the other stuff that goes on I mean it really is because after fifteen minutes essentially in the film, to my understanding, you have the one guy tell the kid, Steve McQueen, about the big poker game. Thing. Yeah. It, it's essentially it's it's a setup, it's like building up to this like the big thing it's like that for a like a solid chunk and then it's like 45 minutes of like 30 45 ish minutes of like the actual thing like the big events like there yeah if, if i think you can just classify it into like two sections also does steve mcqueen have the best stare for an actor it's it's, awesome. I, it's up there I mean, it's up there. You got, I'm thinking, you have Steve McQueen, Robert De Niro has a pretty good, can ha- has pretty good uh, stares. Uh, who else? I bet if I, like, was looking at something, I could. But I- I'm just looking at I the. I remember a few. Right. I- I'm just looking at, at, at Steve in this film, and he does his, with his blue eyes, and he's doing the the stare, and you know we've seen it in Bullet and and plenty of other Steve McQueen films. I think it's definitely my favorite. Of course, he's one of my favorite actors, but it might be the best. I I would argue I would go up to bat and say that it is the best actor stare in the like so far in cinema history. That's a big that's a big mark. That's a big claim, but I think it I think it might be true. I mean, yeah, it has, it has an energy to it. <laughs> it you can't does. Can't go wrong with it. But one yeah, thing that um, I there was one thing that killed me was when the girl that was married to the guy who ends up dealing the game. What's his name? Shooter. Shooter. That's right. Yeah. When she was cutting the puzzle pieces to make them fit into the puzzle, I was so <laughs> mad. I was so oh mad. My God. I'm like you've got that. to be you've got to be kidding me. Uh. Oh yeah. Uh, so real quick plot synopsis for this movie. Oh, Probably I keep forgetting. Yeah, you wanna you yeah. wanna get us back on track. You wanna get us on track, TJ, and tell the yeah people. Um, okay, so this movie uh, is essentially Steve McQueen. He's this like young hotshot poker player, and um, he's told that he. Had, or he's recommended to play against who is known as the greatest poker player. I think I think it's just in America. I don't know if it's the world or whatever. Um, but essentially it's kind of about, like, their game against each other. And, like, the behind the scenes and stuff like that. It's, it's yeah. As Steve McQueen, a uh, very young John Hurt's in it. Or no, it's not John Hurt. It's Rip Torn. That's who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I noticed the guy. There was a, the guy from uh, for a few dollars more, the guy who makes the casket or the caskets. 
Yeah, that's right. The caskets for Clint when he kills those four guys in for a few dollars more, he's in there for like a split second at the bar thing when he's talking to the guy that's getting him into the when he, the guy who helps organizing, who's helping helps organize the big poker thing. I thought that was I was like, is that him? That is him. Also, yeah. Ray, Char- how about Ray Charles doing the theme? That was great. I was I did not see that coming. I was like, no, I, really? I didn't either. Really? Yeah, that was one thing I I saw that and I was like, wait a minute, Ray Charles, <laughs> that's new. Yeah. The opening was super charming. I thought when he was when he was uh, throwing the quarter with the yes. kid. Yes. And that, I love that how that's the one thing I like throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. It's a nice overarching thing that kind of keeps coming back two or three times in the movie it's really cool yeah I, I i again full circle thing full circle things for me are big and that was one of them shows it at the beginning middle and end of the film yeah pretty much yeah i honestly could care less about steve and the girl's relationship oh uh what's her name christian that sounds about right I thought it was okay. Some parts were actually, yeah, it's not. It's okay. It's not amazing. Like done. And, and I'll be honest, yeah, Christian's her, her name. I was somewhat expecting that too, just with a film of this caliber. When yeah. I was going through it, I wasn't expecting anything like that. Crazy, but yeah, I wasn't. I could care less about that. Again, it's one of those things where they're trying to take up some time off of the side of the main plot, give it a break. Yeah. Well, one thing we should highlight, I think, before we, before we maybe move on to what we were talking about earlier, which is that last, really, fourth, last third of the film, is the opening, where he's running away from after that. Cool. That, that whole opening is really well done, I think. Oh, yeah. Um... Yeah, like the whole like little dive poker game section is really cool. Uh, especially after like the like crazy opening credits of all the people dancing, I was not expecting that. No. No, but, I, I was kind of getting into it though. I was kind of doing a little 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 jig. Jam. I was getting just was getting, getting that little jig yeah, going, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. But I, I think. Yeah, I think it's a nice introduction to the character, along yeah. with some really cool, very real-looking, because it is real, action. Like, you, you wouldn't have thought going into this film that about a card game that 10 minutes in or so, maybe even less, like five minutes in, you get Steve doing a bunch of action stuff in a poker show movie you know yo yeah it was definitely interesting yeah <laughs> you just wouldn't have expected. Like, yeah yeah I, I mean yeah I, I like it i i was definitely wasn't expecting it to go crazy like first things first i was expecting like a few minutes of downtime then maybe something a little interesting but like not like five minutes in but i like that i thought it was cool also, recently we've been seeing a lot of 
through watching movies, specifically the Bond movies, Sean Connery ones, we're seeing recently a lot of uh, close quarters sort of combat. And we even get this a little with this film when he's in the bathroom with... Yes. That That was cool, wasn't it? Yes, I like that it isn't anything, like, too crazy. No, I don't like that it's anything over the top. I think I like that it's kind of, like, close quarters, and it's... There's, there's, like, a cool energy to it. It doesn't... Like I said, it's nothing too over the top. It's pretty... I want to say chillax, but, like... Yeah. It's just... It's just... In the end, it's just a good introduction to the character. We see he's not... He's not... He's not a rich dude. He's kind of... He knows how to carry himself mm-hmm. in the world that he lives in, in the in in the area that he lives in. You know, sorry, I'm looking at the uh, the director right now. Mm. I'm looking at his lineup of movies. Okay. Um. So one that we've been meaning to watch, like for a long time, is the Russians are coming. Oh, that's he did right. That. That's right. In '66, he did this and. Or no, he did Cincinnati Kid in 65. The Russians are coming in 66. In the Heat of the Night in 67. Are you serious? The Thomas really? Crown Affair in 68. Um, and then that's it, that's it for like... Oh, and he also did um, other big movies. He did Moonstruck, which is a big... I've heard of that one. I, I, yeah, Cher. I think she won an Oscar for it, actually. Real. Um, mm-hmm. Hmm. The original Rollerball, uh, Fiddler on the Roof, The Hurricane with Denzel. Uh, he is a pretty Justice long... for All. Pacino. That's a... Yeah. There's a lot. He's got a good filmography. A good yeah, filmography. Wow. Yo, I, why do, like, classics that you just kind of hear about, but, like, never realize they're all the same person? Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Oh, God, In the Heat into the Night. That's a great one. That'll be a good one to talk about. That will be a really good one to talk about. Oh, heck yes. That one's great. Best Picture winner. Awesome stuff. It is. Best Actor winner as well. Best Actor won, uh, from my understanding. I think, what, yeah. What's, I... What's, the, what's the name? What's his name? He's a pretty famous actor, and he's still alive, actually. Okay. Uh, let me pull it back up this again. Um, Sidney Porter. That's right. He's like he's like in his mid nineties, I want to say. Is he? Yeah, check. Uh, he's ninety four right now. Yeah, man, he is. We almost have the same birthday. He is still going strong. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, let's 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 uh, let's travel back in time from in the heat of the night back to our to our movie we're talking about here. Yeah. Cincinnati Kid. Is there anything that struck you in in the, other than the opening, the beginning portion where we establish the character, between that and that final third, is there anything that strikes you at all? Um, I thought that like some of the, I thought the editing was cool, like some of the edit, like the way scenes were edited together were pretty cool, like um, there's that one scene where uh. Rip Torn is shooting at the thing, and then you just get this like quick edit to him. Which, I don't know. There's there's something like 
between those scenes that is really cool. Was that what? Where would you say that scene was? Was that like halfway? It's like end of the first fourth. Okay, then it's I, not I, too far into the movie. I actually changed my mind. That might be my favorite scene of the film. Actually, it's, it's one it's of them. Pretty good. Basically, what happens is the rich dude who keeps losing to what's his name? I keep uh. I'm missing this. The Lancey. big superstar poker player. Right. Yeah. Lancey Howard, the superstar poker player. He keeps losing to him. Yeah. And he's with Shooter, the guy who's going to deal the big poker game with the kid and Lancey. Mm-hmm. And he essentially blackmails him into giving the kid a better hand, good, better cards than yes. Lancey. And I love that scene. I think that's some of the best acting. So cool. I think the best acting done in the movie is is Steve, obviously, but I think it's Shooter. In all honesty, I think it's Shooter and the rich dude. Those three are the yes. best actor, best acting jobs in the film. Yeah, I think those three, and then like the main poker player guy, or the main like big shot guy. I think all the four of them, I think, are really good. Lancey, I think. I, th- I, think I almost agree with you. He's not as consistent as them, cause, but I th- when he does get good, or like when there's like scenes where he's really good, and then there's scenes kind of where he's like just kind of in the background. He's never. Let's put it this way. I never think he. I never think he did a. At, at no point did I think he did a bad job. I'll put it that yeah. way. I th- yeah, he, he never. He's always consistent. He never underachieved, I will say that. Yeah. But no, yeah, I'm I'm pretty I am I am in agreement with you for definitely those three. And somewhat oh, with yeah. with the guy who plays Lancey. But oh, yeah. but one, going back to that go ahead, go ahead. Oh, one movie we'll have to watch with him is uh, Double Indemnity. Okay. It's a movie from the forties. Ooh. It's a bit older. Um Billy Wilder, the guy who did um, Sunset sound, Boulevard. That sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah, classic director, like one of the best of all time. Uh, another big one is like Mr. Smith Goes to uh, Washington. Mm-hmm. About senators. That's a classic. Yeah. Um, but essentially that one is, I think he's an investigator in that one. Interesting. Anyway, that it's a, the quick little plot synopsis is that this lady is trying to get her insurance... Uh, officer to kill her husband and uh, in an accidental form so she can get claimed double indemnity and get rich interesting that does considered one of his best i haven't seen in a while but it's so good okay i don't know if i've seen a movie from the 40s when was gone with the wind when was that that wasn't Uh, it's the same year as wizard of Oz. wait so or when's casablanca's Casablanca. Casablanca is, I think, 42. Yeah, so I have seen a movie in the 40s. Yeah, I've seen Casablanca. Yeah, 42, and then what's... And what am I talking about? Wind. I've seen Treasure Sierra Madre, too. What am I even saying? Yeah, too. Gone with the Wind and uh, The Wizard of Oz, I think, are both 39. Okay. I can't wait to talk about Treasure Sierra Madre, because not only is it a good oh, movie, I... but That's I have a relative right. in that movie. Yes, uh, you do. Bruce Bennett plays Cody, gold miner. Helps them out yes, and then dies great. like in 20 minutes. Sad. Yes, he Rest does. in peace. 
to my boy <laughs> Cody in the film. I, I love that we both went to go make the same gesture. Oh yeah, the, the, <laughs> of the tear going down her face. <laughs> That'll be a good one to talk about. But we got to get back to our yeah. our film we're talking about. Yes. Going the back to that scene. Kid. Oh yes, that scene. that scene that I was talking about. I agree. I think the reason that might be my favorite. At least second, it's second favorite. The only scene, in my opinion, that would top it would be the the climax, really, the yes. where they're both sitting down there at the end. Aside from the 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 last sixth, really, or the last fourth, that is my favorite scene, just because I think the editing, like you you mentioned, TJ is is really cool there. Oh yeah, I love the facial acting if that's how you'd say it from shooter yes. where he's kind of like his mouth is kind of quivering and like the way his eyes are kind of moving back and forth and the, the way, way he, the way he shows uncomfortable like the way he's uncomfortable is really nice it is and i was very pleased to see that oh yeah i was very pleased to see that and like i was saying the rich guy does a really good job too i love I loved, I don't know if it was the director or if it was the original screenplay, but whoever thought to bring those kids in, in the middle, when they're having these conversations, a freaking genius. I oh, loved yeah. that. Because so good. you, the rich guy has already told Shooter about this, so and Shooter is bottled up and can't really say anything, anything or do anything because these kids are in here and the rich guy knows it too because you can see in his face and he is just soaking in just like oh, i i i'm torturing you right now yeah. it just it, talking to his kids and everything i thought that was so well done it's so done it's so well done. that's what i would say yeah mm-hmm. but so yeah. yeah we have that and then like I said, I, I could honestly care less for Steve and that girl. Specifically, there's that scene where we're supposed to be, we're supposed to feel for the girl when she's like, actually, I take that back. The one scene that I did kind of feel for her and I feel for her and I did like was when they, that morning that she left. I did like that. Yes. Yeah, that seems nice. And, and I did the, like parts of their uh, back and forth where he goes to the farm. I thought that part had some like nice little dialogue back and forth. The, the whole scene itself was it was okay but like there was some like like nice like back and like a few lines that i was just like hey i like i kind of like this but yeah, yeah nothing too crazy nothing too crazy when the the wife is pouring the alcohol for I think shooter. I think it's shooter. She uh she says say when, and I immediately thought of the SNL skit with Adam Sandler. I think it is and right. David Harvey, yeah. Yeah, and Chris Farley makes a cameo in it. He's like say when. <laughs> Good see. I I I just yes. whenever someone says something along the lines of say when, I just immediately think of that SNL skit. Like it's not oh one of their. God. It's not like one of their best per se but it, it's one of those ones for me where it gets stuck in my head so much because just because of the grazie oh, yeah. the way they say grazie and when they say oh, say yeah. when like it just it just sticks in my There's head something about it it's so funny yeah yeah um, then i think if you're ready tj we can get to the final i don't want to miss anything forward. we talked about the opening 
talked about that really cool scene, the blackmail scene. Yeah. Um, Anything. I think, I think that's all, like, the big moments. At yeah. Least. There's Chris a lot of small talk. There's a lot yeah, of small talk with small talk. with the wife of Shooter and Steve McQueen's girlfriend and all that sort of stuff. But other than that, I think really we can just move on it to... It wasn't much. It wasn't yeah. much. I did like... I, I will I will say I also liked <laughs> how awkward it was at the beginning with Steve McQueen and the girlfriend's dad. That w- and the and the mom that was so hilarious. That's that was so hilarious when Steve was just sitting there and the mom was like, "I know what I know, like what you've done or whatever." And she just sitting there like, "Yeah." yeah. The face, oh, it's so good. Yeah, and then he shows him the card trick. I thought that was kind of cute. That was kind of funny. And everyone's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, I loved. They got so much enjoyment out of that. That was great. It's so funny. That was great stuff. But, but I think yeah, without the crazy further finale. Woo! Talk about a heater, man. Oh, my God. Like, the Talk. whole, like, 40 minutes. I was, or not 40 minutes, but, like, half hour, however long it was. I was like, oh, my God, yes. It, after even halfway through this, I, I realized I'm like, okay, so this is why people talk about this like, film a lot when they talk about still Steve McQueen's filmography. Like, this okay. is it. This 40 minutes, yeah. I understand. Yeah. So, with that being said... Let's go to when they first start getting ready, because I, I wrote this down in my notes. I love, in movies in general, now sometimes it can get kind of old, but I love when there's, you obviously know there's two, there's two sides. You have Lancey getting ready and Steve McQueen getting ready, and the kid, and I loved the shots. They kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yes. I like with that their kind of routine. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I always like that, too. Yeah, it's... It it was just, and, and like you said, you were t- you kind of pointed out the, the how the editing was quite nice throughout most of it, and I think that's oh, just yeah. another example adding to that repertoire of the editing oh, yeah. itself. And so I just love that back and forth, kind of them getting ready, putting on their suits and all that stuff. Speaking of which, this is later on. This is like I think almost like the final. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but it's well, I am jumping far ahead, but I just want to point this out while it's on my mind. I loved that dark green velvet suit that Lancey had. Yes. Dude, he was <clears throat> he was styling, man. He was. He was consistently styling. While we're on the subject of costumes, too, Steve McQueen looks good in a lot of things. I think he looks the best in a, those sweaters. Dude, Steve McQueen can pull off a sweater man like the he, oh, he yeah. has one in bullet too like a brown one yes sweaters and leather jackets are like the two big things agreed wrong. agreed he, he can though he looks stellar in those he looks like he's oh yeah about to he looks Have he looks time. like the king of cool because he is the king he of is. cool so they get ready and then they they get to the table and start playing poker what are your thoughts on just the whole thing tj the whole kind of final the whole section is really cool i like i like the um the different playing styles of everyone and like how they kind of like even like the little side characters get like their own little um 
moments of that kind of like it doesn't just focus on the kid and Lancey. It fo- kind of focuses on the other, I think it's three guys there. And they kind of like, occasionally, I think only like one of them doesn't really get a crazy moment. Cause you get the one guy who gets bedded out really quick. Uh, which I do. I love that scene where Lancey and him are going back and forth. That seems awesome. And then you get the professor later. Uh, I'd say toward the middle of the match. Right. I, I agree. I loved that they actually... Because the lazy... I don't know if it's the lazy thing to do or if it's the kind of normal thing to do is just focus on the kid the and Lancey. Because why would we... Because no one technically cares about those other characters because that's all we care about. But yeah. But I, I find it very lovely, yeah, that they did do that and they actually they put emphasis... On yeah. those three characters, because they had no business doing that. They didn't have to do that, because we were only there for yeah. those two. But mm-hmm. it did make things more interesting, and made that overall kind of last fourth better. It, I yeah. Mean... Yeah. Also, one other thing that um, I found kind of cool was that, like, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was just me, but I could see a little bit of Casino Royale in it. And I was just like, yes. That was one thing I, I was kind of... When I was watching this, because I don't, I haven't seen many card movies. Uh, the ones I can think of are this one, uh, Casino Royale. Again, another Casino Royale, but that one they don't really even. We're just gonna Play we cards. won't talk about that. So well, we the will new ca- point. we will, but not <laughs> but not as far as yeah. a card card movies. Oh yeah, yeah. Card movies. It's really just this one for me and Casino Royale. Have you seen any other card movies, TJ, that you can think of? Because Ocean's Eleven, Probably. I would. Ocean's Eleven isn't a card movie. It's an. It's no. No. Uh, I bet there's part of one that I probably I can't even think of at the moment. But maybe Molly's Game. I haven't seen it, but Molly's Game is I a possible. May I don't know. I know what it's about, but and for people that don't know, what I'm referring to when I mean card movie is like they actually focus on a card game. Yes. Like that's the not not like. That's like, the main... like it t- it's a center, like part of the plot. Correct. I don't know if Molly's game. That's what the center of the plot is for Molly's game. I know what Molly's game is about. We both do, but I don't know if that's the center of the plot at all. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. So I that's don't... possibly one, but I think they should do more of them. In all honesty. <laughs> oh yeah, I w- I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. There's just something about like just gambling movies. I don't know. That I I find it really cool. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people like watching yes. poker, you know, on ESPN and stuff, and and I can see why. I mean, it's it's oh, yeah. intriguing to watch. Oh yeah. You and I over the summer just learned how to play, learned how to play it. Remember? So. Yes, we did. We we did. I by the way, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I really hadn't played it at all, and we had like the whole board and everything, so we were uh, we were legit. But yes, uh, we were. Yes. Anyway, back to our our final climax here. Our climax here. In the end, I think ultimately, I think what this open, what this this climax does is heightens everything that we liked about this film, and and all the stuff that we didn't like, kind of faded. Yes. Specific- yeah. Even like Go ahead, the annoying yeah. characters, like I didn't really care. They, I didn't. I think they like. I didn't think they were too annoying, but like characters like a uh, shooter's wife, who like at the beginning 
weren't the like most amazing characters. I like how they kind of just like. I, I I think that like, that like, I want the the way I perceived them changed because like I felt like they added something more to the plot later. Or like the way they acted changed, and I like that. That's fair. I will say I thought the one issue I had as far as character resumes, I guess you'd say, I, there's a better word for it. But it was uncharacteristic, I felt, of Steve McQueen's character to hook up with Shooter's wife, considering he had that, that whole resolution. Considering he had that whole resolution with the girl like 20 minutes earlier, that, that made no sense to me. I don't know why that, that was That part in there. was a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had the same thought. Right. I had no idea why that was there. It was a little weird. Right. And and then, not only that, but they didn't go anywhere with it either. It kind of just happened. In that. It did. Because then he kind of makes up with her in the end anyway. That's kind of... It's yeah. an It's an ambiguous... It's... Ambiguous. Ambiguous, thank you. Ending to whether he they actually get back together but it's it's pretty certain that they are it sound it looks like yeah by the way it sounds it sounds like they're right the but yeah i just i saw no reason for that mm-hmm. going back to the side characters tj you were mentioning how you didn't uh one thing i did like the side characters though that were in <sighs> i had just, all of a sudden i've just made this connection and i feel so happy what Casino Royale and this film do well is the side character talk while the players are playing the cards. If you notice, both of these films do a really good job at putting us in the shoes of the side characters. And they're kind of explaining and helping the audience being like, okay, so this is what's going on. And, you know, yeah. Steve might make – the kid might make this move or whatever. And, you know – Here's what might happen. Yeah, they are doing. I thought that was really yeah. well done. I I, oh, yeah, I love I, that. I, that was one part I really liked. Was it like when it would cut away to them, and then they'd kind of like talk for a second and they'd do their thing, and it cut back to Steve McQueen, and I was just like, "Ooh, yes!" Mm-hmm. Very tense. It had like a nice layer of just like nice writing to it, and it ultimately culminated in the great where everyone's like, "He has a jack. He has a jack. Lancey has a jack." He's gonna get a flush, right? Wasn't that it was a it was a flush, yeah. right? Yeah. It was a flush. He's gonna have a flush. That was just great. And I think we get well, I don't wanna I don't do I wanna go there yet? Do we wanna go there yet? I I, I wanna save the, the pinnacle, you know, moment for the very, very end when we're talking about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think we've hit most of everything else on. Right. We'll go there. Yeah, let's do it. We get the pinnacle moment. This is pure greatness. Like, I don't care what anyone tells me. This this is the about as great as cinema can get. Editing-wise, oh, yeah. direction-wise, almost basically acting-wise, too. It, it literally does not get better than this pinnacle moment where... Oh, yeah. I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, oh, my God. Shit's getting real. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I was loving it. Uh, well, actually, sorry. Oh, I just led this. I hyped everyone up, but I have to go back and say something real quick. I have to do it. 
I like the way that the I should have said this earlier, but I like the way that the side characters that were playing the other three characters that were playing the game how they exited, too. I, I yes. enjoyed that as well. Yeah, the way that uh, everyone kind of makes their leave at one point, right? Either by by them losing or they're just like I'm done. <laughs> Can't yeah. Do this no more. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, sorry for hyping everyone up and then just like not doing, not it. going through with it. I'm sorry. I feel bad. We get so basically what happens is is it's revealed it's the final kind of it's the pinnacle moment where <clears throat> everyone's all in. Everyone's all in. The kid has he has a does he have a two pair? What, what is he has what two is, pairs? That's right. Or, um, he has two pairs, and then um, Lancey has the ability for a straight. Right, um, and if he doesn't, if he doesn't get the straight, then Steve wins. He would lose. Yes, because his yeah, his hand would mean nothing. It would mean yeah, nothing. Two pairs. Yeah, but if oh. he gets the straight, he wins. Right. We get this great audience perspective, Steve perspective, Lancey perspective, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, like repeated times, really quickly. It, oh, it's awesome. I don't know if it, it, it speeds up over time. I wasn't paying too much of attention, but it definitely, in that moment itself, it was just, it, it the editing and the shooting of where it was placed on the people's faces was was so cool. executed so well to get the, you're on the edge of your seat, everything's going crazy, like, you're like, what's gonna happen? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, that, that, that whole section was so cool. Yeah, I was so yeah. into it. Yeah, specifically one thing that I liked was it was a suit. It was I almost felt like this this particular shot was straight out shot was straight out of a horror movie. But the one where it was the rich guy and like half of his face was in shadow and just his eyes were in the light. Yes, I yeah, I know what you're talking about. That oh might God, be. Yeah. It was a haunt. First of all, it was a haunting image. Yes. It was. It was. I don't know if I'd say haunting, but close to it, if anything. Yeah, I get where you're going with that. Debatably, my favorite shot in the film. We'll talk about talk about our favorite stuff maybe at the end here, real quickly. Debatably, yeah. my favorite shot in the film. But they went back to that shot multiple times when they were going quickly through everyone's kind of perspectives and faces. Yes. And I just yeah. loved that so much. It was, it was so cool. It took me so off guard. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, whoa is right. Wait a minute. One thing I want to mention too, people are people are probably like, get to the end, John. Do it. But I have to get I have to get through this. I also liked how normally you in, in a film like this, you'd probably have Lancey and the kid have, like, hate each other or, like, a grudge. not a grudge against each other. Never once was that in the film, actually, which was yeah. quite, it was quite nice to see. It's, yeah, it, they're, they're on, like, they're on the same level. They're like, hey, we're not, we don't hate each other. This is kind of just, we're playing cards. You may be better than me. I may be better than you. Who cares? We're blank cards. And that was nice. It was. I agree. One thing I should mention, too, again, people are 
probably like, get to the egg, <laughs> was... I love the reveal when Steve finds out that Shooter is fa- is giving him favorable hands, how he just hates it. Oh, yeah. He, he is He's not... He's like, I want to do it my way. He is not having it. And I... And I that scene's really good. I, I, like, I, I like that scene. Agreed. And he's like, I want that girl in here or whatever now. Like, you, you're done, man. Like, I am not. I don't want to see you. Lady fingers. Lady fingers. That's right. Love lady fingers. <laughs> yes, I, I liked her character. Like, she didn't have a lot of lines, but she was fun. Yeah, she was a fun character. I liked her. Yeah. 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 She was kind of like she could like she's the she's like a type of person that just doesn't care and is just kind of like vibing and like doing her thing. It's great. Oh yeah, she had that energy. I loved it. Yeah, she's like I specifically when uh, after like their second or third break or something where she's like I need a break so we're done I don't care what you guys say she just leaves <laughs> it's so good yeah. I love that yeah. that was I'm so funny take a nap. <laughs> yeah I want to get oh, some food so and take good. a nap yeah but yeah the final moment final moment okay ladies and gentlemen you're welcome I'm gonna get to it now we're finally so the card here. is the card is revealed and it is a jack. He has a yes. flush. Is it a straight flush or a flush? No, it's a it's just a flush because a straight flush has to have all the same suits, right? Correct. Yes. Got it. Right. So it's, it's just a flush, but it's better than Steve's, who, as we mentioned earlier, just has a two pair. Yes. An a. I think he had two twos and and two aces. I think, or it something was something like that. that. Yeah. And you can just see the defeat and just exhaustion just come over well, Steve. Yeah, I think he folds at the last moment because he has he? a full house. Yeah, because he has a f- uh, uh, the kid has a full house. Uh huh. He has a full house. Uh, yeah, he has three. I think he has three aces and the two other ones. Oh, that's right. Which would beat the uh, the straight. It was something like that. No, I don't uh, remember. It's, no. it's been a few days, and I've been doing so much homework that I don't even remember. Oh, crap! I thought it's, it's, I thought it was something a two, like that. I thought it was a two pair. Was it not? It was a two pair, but I think at the end it's a. It's revealed that I think he has something better. But I think he admits a defeat. Something like that. I thought he didn't. Dude, I can't remember. Let's see. I am so wiped. The last few days have been so crazy. So, sorry if I don't remember fuzzy details. Uh... Anyway, let's pretend like I didn't say that. Yeah, hold on. I want to hold on. I want to get this right for for people. Okay. What, you do that. What happened at the end of the card game in the Cincinnati Kid? Um. During the final. Okay, here it is. During the final hand, Howard beats the kid with a queen high straight. Oh, it is a straight flush. The kid turns over his cards, so he didn't fold, DJ. Oh. The kid yeah, turns over his, his cards to show that he has. Oh, 
the kid. You're right though, TJ. I was wrong. He does have a full house. He has a full house. Oh yeah. Aces full, full of house tens. Is not beach right. Because he had a straight place. flush. So we we were. I was right on one thing. You were right on one one thing there. Okay. So yes, I wanted to clarify that because. But anyway, so that's how it ends. Really tense, and you can just see the defeat. And exhaustion on Steve, really on everyone, but specifically Steve, you could really see it in his face, and oh, yeah. and on on Lance's and on Lancey's face too. Yes, a final moment. Final it's got, moment. It's getting it, everyone. It just was getting everyone, and really just says good game and kind of just walk. He, I don't even know if he says it, he just kind of walks out. Just in defeat. Yeah, he can, he but, just leaves. But you can tell, as we mentioned earlier, there is a mutual respect for those two, without a doubt. Yes. Which is oh, lo- yeah. which is nice to see. Oh yeah, everyone kind of they go their separate ways, but they they do still respect each other as competitors, which is nice. Yeah. So then he he just leaves. He leaves the building, and we meet up with the kid again. Wholesome mm-hmm. moment. They flip the quarters. And the kid actually wins, doesn't he? I'm pretty sure he wins this time, he doesn't does. he? Yeah, right. Yeah. I thought yeah, that was kind of it. funny and just kind of a good, just like, that's the way Steve's luck is going. And yeah. Yeah, the kid's luck is going. And then he meets up with the chick, as I mentioned before, and it ends. Yeah, pretty much. The, uh, TJ, but, favorite yes. scene. Uh, my favorite scene is the one where it's Lancey versus the one guy who uh, gets bet out the earliest. I forget his name. But um, kind of their back and forth. Like, the competition in that scene. I like that. Cool. I like that, too. I agree. I, I don't agree with it's my, your, my favorite scene as well, but I, I agree with what you're yeah. saying there. I already mentioned mine. Mine is the... When uh, Shooter is blackmailed for yeah, that's, to that's give the kid favorable car favorable cards, yeah. Do you have a favorite yeah, shot? That... Go ahead, go ahead. What you were gonna say? To you something there? Oh yeah, I'd say that the climax and the one I said are like favorite three scenes in the movie. Easy. Um, favorite shot. Ooh. Um. You go first. I have to think about this. So, mine, there's two of them. There's the one that I mentioned, which is where the rich guy is kind of almost completely in the dark except for his eyes. Super kind of yeah. menacing. And it and it's really fitting, too, for the character, considering he truly is the main, he is the main villain in the film. If there is yes. an antagonist in this film, it's him. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of um, that one X-Files episode with Tombs. Ah, uh, yes. I do know what you're talking yeah. about. Very uh, true. one at the end of season one. The second Tombs episode. Not the first one. It sounds like, TJ, you have come up with a great idea for an Instagram post for at Field of Films. Follow us now. Oh, yes. So, do that. <laughs> good similarity <laughs> shot there. Yeah. It's either that um, one or the one where Steve is walking in the rain in front of that, like, building 
you know no, what I'm talking about? Like What's the, what is yeah. the what is that building called? What, that's is that like I a? Do not remember. It's like that white building though with the big kind of tower, the the thin, pointy towers. You know what I'm talking about in the rain? Yes. So it's either um, that one. I'm sure it's some, some some religious building that I'm totally not remembering the name of. I'm pretty sure that's what that is, but it's all good. It's all good. Um, so it's either one of those two. I think my favorite might be. Uh, I don't know. There's, I can't remember. There's so many good ones. There are. There are a lot of good ones. I did yeah. like the one um, at the beginning, where. Uh, he's in the bathroom watching his face. And then it's the mirror shot where uh, it shows Steve looking in the mirror and you can see in the reflection that the one guy is at the door. That one's pretty cool. The ones that come to mind are that one and um, the one where Steve and the one girl, uh, the blonde hair girl, are at the farm and they're sitting by the pond. There's one in there that's really cool. That's That's another one. Other than that, I mean some great ones towards the end too but no doubt no doubt it's it is it is hard it's well done and it is hard to choose i I totally i can totally i totally agree there is yeah a lot lot of great stuff in there so that is that is the cincinnati kid starring steve mcqueen directed by uh richard junson something like that you said his name that sounds about right we hope you enjoyed our discussion. Yeah. Shout out to my grandma. Uh, she, she is a big Steve McQueen fan, and she does listen to this podcast. So, grandma, this one's for you. This one's for you. The Cincinnati <laughs> thanks for the kid. Recommendation. Yeah. Thanks for the. Re- oh yes. We, shout out to uh, my grandma for recommending TJ and I this film. She she recommended yeah. it, this to us. God knows how long ago. ago. And yeah. we finally got to it because we were going through all the marvel stuff and we need some we we needed a change of pace we needed something different so what better to go back you know what five decades or six decades seven decades i think it's 60 70 80s 90s almost six seven almost or it's almost seven because we're it's almost six okay six six or six decades yeah 80 90 uh, 2000s, 2010s, 2020s. Oh, yeah, you're right. All right, I was one off. Okay, so there mm-hmm. we go. TJ's, TJ's got me. Six decades. Yes, Grandma, thank you for the recommendation. <laughs> we we did like it. Expect yeah. more Steve McQueen films, because uh, yeah. I will fight TJ, and if TJ says otherwise. I know he's, he likes Steve McQueen, though, too, so it's all good. Oh, yeah. And, no yeah, we... There. We like the change of play, change of pace, and we had, like I said, we had a good time discussing it. Yeah. Uh, topic for next time. Topic for next time. You want to how does how does chill. season one of the how does season one of the X Files sound? I like this idea. Yeah. Uh, season one X Files. Let's do season one X Files, and if we have time for a second podcast episode next week, let's do catching up on stuff. I like this, yeah. Or possibly uh, fitting both in one episode. We'll see. Let's hope we can. <laughs> yeah. It's possible. We might be able to. Who knows? So there you go, people. We are talking about the first season of The X-Files. If you're an X-Files fan, you're in luck. 
If you're not an X-Files fan, you're not in luck. But if you know someone that's an X-Files fan... But still listen anyway. If you're not an X-Files fan, get someone that's that's an X-Files fan to listen to this episode. TJ is going to attempt to control me. I don't know how well he's going to do. It is my second favorite TV show. And TJ knows that I could literally talk about this show till the end of eternity. So, yes. Yeah. If you haven't started, try it. Watch yeah, the first try it. Episodes. It's great. I should preface great it by job. saying it's not your standard 13-episode Netflix show, so expect bad bad episodes. People, Some people can't seem to get over it. But they're... The problem is when you when a uh, network tells you that you're going to have to come up with 24 episodes, there's going to be some bad ones. So I feel like this is targeted at Emerson. <laughs> no comment. Emerson doesn't listen to the podcast anyway, though, so it's okay. Oh, no. But yeah. <laughs> Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I'll tell Emerson just to listen to this one. <laughs> okay, but am I wrong? Answer me, TJ. you up. No, yeah. TJ, <laughs> you you know what the answer is. Yeah, I know. You are right. Yeah. Which, I'm so glad Netflix shows now are doing, like, 13 episodes. Like, it's so much better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't leave room for possible uh, bad episodes. In- <clears throat> uh, season 2 vampire episode, X-Files. Uh, we're going to talk about that later. What do you mean? It's the best. Oh, best episode gosh. I've ever seen. Oh my gosh, I don't. We're not going to get into that now. It's so good. (sighs) (laughs) That 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 episode physically hurts me. It hurts me. It just does. It just does. We'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll get to that later. The outro's already gone on long enough. We hope you enjoyed the King of Cool, Steve McQueen, in the Cincinnati Kid. Yeah. Anything else, TJ? Uh, yeah, if you're new, check out some of our other casts. Um, share with other people. Uh, yeah, subscribe, all that good stuff. We'll meet you some other time. Yeah, thanks for the listen. And uh, like TJ said, we'll uh, catch you next time. Yeah, see you then.